This is your time. Keep us updated. Yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Miami and the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Second down. Mayfield. Oh, he's got, got Van Jefferson open. And it's intercepted. Quandre Diggs. Out of nowhere. With his foot. Here's a blitz. Can Rodgers beat it? Big ball downfield. And it is intercepted by Kirby Joseph. Joseph out of bounds around the 45. The Lions have thrown in a couple of spots here. You'd expect them to run. They do against St. Brown, who pitches it back to Swift, who's on the run. Swift inside the 20 to the 17-yard line. <laughs> Whew. This is interesting to see a daily sports podcast news narrative takes gambling. What a weekend of professional football. <clears throat> National championship is tonight. We'll get into that. Stetson Bennett lying to reporters for fun. I will tell you what he said. That ninny muggins, that liar. You can find me on YouTube, too, also available on Spotify. You can comment, and I'll sass you back. My takes are trash, but I'm here to tell you about your takes. The NFL sorted out its playoff picture yesterday, but the day began with that opening kickoff for a touchdown by the Buffalo Bills on a in an atmosphere that reminds me a little bit, not quite as much, but a little bit like when the New Orleans Saints reopened the Superdome after Hurricane Katrina, and I believe it was 2006, after playing an entire year on the road, and I think at Houston, the Saints opened the stadium on Monday night in week one or two or whatever it was, got a blocked kickoff for a touchdown, and everyone just started freaking out. Well, Naheem Hines returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, but then he did it again, and I'm going to play that one, and then CBS is going to block this content because, uh, you know, I didn't. it's not my original content, and they should make money off of it and not me. But the call here from Jim Nance was many, many times better on the second return TD. Uh, Tony Romo ruined the first one after a while. He was, fate. Listen to this call by Jim Nance. Unbelievable. He hasn't had a call like this in years. Lose here. Cincinnati goes on to a win, which you might expect. Baltimore shorthanded. Here comes Hines again. Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? Is this for real? Can you believe it? Is this for real? That's pretty good. That's pretty good from Jim. He, you could tell him reaching back for that football excitement. He hasn't. I don't know. Like, Tony really. Tony has really put a little bit of a little bit of drugs in his veins because uh, he was getting a little little stale with Phil, and then today he really reached back for some stuff. I don't. I haven't heard him like that since Brady and Manning back in the day. So good job from Jim. The Bills win. They secure the number one uh, JK number two seed. They have to play next week which is, I kind of think, kind of good for them. So let's take a look at the playoff picture after things sort out. The big games that were decided, first of all, the Jaguars beat the Titans. Um, the Titans' defense did plenty, but the Titans' offense is a joke because the front office didn't know what it was doing, and it's a whole mess there. And I don't know, I thought that they were rebuilding myself, but whatever. <clears throat> so that's been decided. So the Titans are eliminated from the playoffs. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they are the champions of the AFC South, they will host a playoff game. Other games that were important, the Philadelphia Eagles, they get the number one seed in the NFC after the Giants rest their starters. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy there. 
The Niners win. The Vikings win. So that means that the Niners are the two seed in the NFC. Let's start in the AFC, the American Football Conference. The number one seed, your Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> it happens again. The number two seed, the Buffalo Buffalo Bills. Number three seed, Cincinnati Bengals. Number four seed, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, number five seed, I believe this is where I get confused. I don't exactly remember. I'm pretty sure the number six seed is Baltimore. The number seven seed is Miami. So that makes the number five seed. People are yelling at me right now. Who is the number five seed? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know. Yeah, see, this is why... These brackets are ridiculous. Playoff brackets. You have the playoff schedule, but not the playoff bracket. NFL playoff bracket. CBS Sports, no. This is riveting shit. There were a lot of highlights I had to get to. Get off my ass. A lot of highlights. Okay. So in the AFC, the number five... Oh, the Chargers. That's right. So the Jags play the Chargers. The Bengals play the Ravens. The Dolphins play the Bills. The Dolphins had Skylar Thompson playing against the Jets in a game that had no quarterbacks. It would have legitimately have been better in that game over this week, over the weekend to just start a running back and play wildcat for both of them. But they both have good defenses, and both those teams are on the way a little bit. So pretty exciting. Then the Seattle Seahawks, they beat the Los Angeles Rams after the Rams were kind of the better team. And the Seahawks got some really good home cooking officiating on a, a taunting, a late hit out of bounds. There was a, like an unsportsmanlike conduct that wasn't called. There's a bunch of stuff. But also the Rams are, aren't quite as good. They outplayed the Seahawks, I thought, Seahawks missed a kick to go to overtime, but then they win in overtime. And because of that, if the Seahawks had lost, then Lions-Packers is win and you're in. But the Seahawks won against the Rams, and the Seahawks beat Detroit in week four or five or whatever it was by like three points. And so the Seahawks have the head-to-head over the Detroit Lions. They are going to the playoffs because the Lions beat the Packers in a game we'll get to in a second. The Seahawks are going. They are the team that sneaks into the playoffs. They will hit the road to San Francisco where they will be sacrificed to the football gods. Um... By, I imagine, 20. Okay, so let's get to Sunday Night Football. The uh, For me, as a Lions fan, the game of my life, not quite. There have been some better games, but there's a really good one. This is an arrival moment. A lot of storylines coming out of this, and we're going to start with the football storylines. Football storyline number, number one is the Packers are not a tight, well-coached, well-run unit right now, um, especially on defense. They've been letting the emotions get the better of them for a few weeks, months now. And last night, there were a couple meltdowns that I just can't believe they fucking happened. I cannot believe this. So Quay Walker, who was suspended earlier in the year against the Buffalo Bills. Against the Bills, he was suspended for tackling a guy out of bounds. Let's see if we can pull this up here. Is that it? No. Is that it? No. Here it is. Okay. So I, it's on your screen right now if you want to tilt your phone or go to YouTube or whatever. So this is Quay Walker. He tackles this guy out of bounds. This is against the Buffalo Bills. He stands up, and this Bills dude right here, he shoves this guy. He just gets mad. Look, and he's like walking away, and then he goes back into the play, and he's like, get off me. Yeah, so he is flagged and kicked out for that. Well, last night, and remember, DeMar Hamlin died on the football field. He died. He died. He was dead. And then trainers came, and they physically pumped blood with his heart into his brain so that it wouldn't atrophy. And then they restarted his heart. That happened less than seven days ago. And so this Quay Walker, same guy. The Lions have an injury, right? Hit him in the head. Watch right there. He just shoves the athletic trainer. Just shoves him. 
Watch, listen to Tariko get mad. Oh, he pushed a member of the athletic training staff. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So he was flagged in a key moment. On that play also, there was an egregious hit to the head that was not called. But Quay Walker is ejected, obviously. At the end of the first half, that was at the end of the second half. Like, Lions are driving to put the game away or score or whatever they were doing. It was a huge drive. It was in their own territory. He did that. But then, also happening in this game last night, right before the end of the first half, the Lions are lining up for a field goal. The Packers are going to call a timeout to ice it. Rasul Douglas wants to make sure that the Lions don't get the snap off, but he does this before the timeout is called. Watch this shit. He just walks here. Look at him. He's just walking. He's just walking. He just gets the ball. I get what he's trying to do. Make sure that they don't get the they don't get the practice kickoff. That really does piss people off. But he just grabbed the ball. He scooped it out of the way of the center's hands. Look, the ref is coming in to grab the ball because there's a timeout. Look, look at him. He just the fucking dipshittery of this. I mean, Rasul Douglas played like a dipshit last night. I don't care. I'd say it to his face. This is dipshittery. And this is the Packers. They just haven't had their shit together in key moments. They just haven't. Aaron Rodgers threw essentially three interceptions last night. One of them was caught on a play with no flags. The Lions win the game with this big play that we had from the highlights. It was a hook and ladder. I'm not going to play the sound again because I don't want to get too many <clears throat> copyrighted violations. But watch Amare St. Brown. The stone's right here. He's getting tackled. And watch Panay Sewell. Watch this hit. Boom. Second and 17 in Packers territory. Gets him deep into field goal range. And then a few plays later, the Lions go for it on fourth down to seal the game. There were a couple moments after the game. So that's that's on-the-field storylines. The, the Lions, frankly, outplayed the Packers. It probably could have been worse. On-field storylines from this game are going to be interesting because um, – Aaron Rodgers, after the game, Jamison Williams, who had a big home run that was called back due to a penalty that was a very, very much a correct call. Uh, Jamison Williams asked Rodgers for his jersey, and Rodgers, see if you can hear him say this. I'm stuck. Did you hear that? He's like, Jamison's like, can I get that jersey? And Rodgers says, I, I'm going to hold on to this I'm one. So that means everyone's taken into account. He's walked off the field literally arm in arm around Randall Cobb and everyone's take is like, um, that's it. Yeah, he's done. He's done in Green Bay at least, and it's a really kind of it was kind of an emotional thing. Like I hate Aaron Rodgers, like the, any good Lions or most NFL fans would. But uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, I mean, this is a big deal. I've, I've argued with a lot of people for a long time that he's been the best quarterback in the NFL for a long time, um, even more better than Brady and Manning. I don't care. Said it meant it. See, it's kind of an emotional thing. Cobb and Rodgers, they've been playing together for years and years. Rodgers, like, almost left the team over them not holding on to any of, of his friends. So he, like, demanded that they go trade for Randall Cobb, and they did. He's owed a bazillion dollars by the team. So his options are retire, come back, or get a trade in which nobody gets financially screwed. It very much feels like he's going to be traded. I suspect retirement's on the table. Okay. <clears throat> We've got all offseason to talk about Sean McVay and Aaron Rodgers maybe not retiring and us kissing their ass. So let's just talk about other stuff. During the Lions-Packers game, as the Lions are driving to take the lead, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, and the whole shebang, they all report that Lovey Smith has been fired as the head coach of the Houston Texans after one season. The Texans, in an enormous turn of events, in fact, we could pull up some highlights for that. I'll pull it. We'll see what I can figure out. Houston Texans. We have to mute it and get to the right spot, but I'll I'll do that just for you people. I love you so much. 
Is it muted? Look at that. Dang, I'm amazing. Okay, so the Texans, uh, if they win and the Bears lose, the Texans, who had the number one pick, essentially from the word go, they lose the number one pick. They're drafting second overall. They drive as time expires on like fourth and 20. Davis Mills throws a touchdown in which a Colt player, and the Colts just suck. They suck. Colts player made the right read. It was an easy play. He just jumped too soon. Ball goes through his, goes through his hands for the interception right into the arms of the receiver. And then the Texans go for two. They get it. They win. They beat Houston. They now have the number two overall pick. And Lovey Smith is fired. After the game, he was asked, do you expect to be here next year? And he said, I absolutely expect to be here next year. He was fired during Monday Night Football. And then, and this is the craziest part, the shit that, the statement that the Texans released is unbelievable. Just the lack of awareness for how, what a shitty organization they are. Let's read it. Nick Casario, Nick Casario, this is a statement from Cal McNair, the owner. Nick Casario is the general manager. Everybody thinks he's on the hot seat. Nick Casario and I spoke with Levy Smith tonight and informed him that we will be moving in a different direction as an organization. I appreciate Coach Smith and his entire family for their contributions over the last two seasons. We are grateful for his leadership, his character, blah, blah, blah. While we understand the results have not been what we had hoped for, we are committed to building a program that produces long-term sustainable success. They wouldn't know long-term sustainable success if it slapped him in the face. And also, by the way, last year they hired David Coley to tank, and he sucked, and then they fired him, and then they did it to Lovey Smith, and he sucked, and they fired him. Both of those guys are black. This is a bad, bad, bad look. Um, it, it, well, it's not a bad look. It is bad. It is racist. They are using these black coaches to tank so they can hire their white coach. They are racist. As a Lions fan, I'm like, oh, would it be fun to draft Bryce Young? Wouldn't it be fun? You know, I think I would enjoy that. Everyone's like, the Texans will take him. I was like, yeah, he's black. The Texans are racist. Said it meant it. I don't know. I mean, they've, <laughs> there have been incidents, man. I don't know. They really liked J.J. Watt a lot, but who wouldn't? Speaking of that, J.J. Watt uh, retired yesterday. Darren Ravel, the douchebag journalist. J.J. Uh, Watt walking off the field was going to be greeted by a huge line of special needs kids ready to shake his hand. Darren Ravel jogged into the tunnel to grab him to like dap him up and say, oh, baby, congratulations. And then he cut off the kids, this journalist. <sighs> so the draft order is set. The Bears will have the first overall pick. I'm sure they'll screw it up. It's going to be really toxic for Chicago because they have that quarterback that can't pass, but they but he can run. So they're going to have to have these debates of whether they should trade him or draft one. It's very, very simple. Unless you are 100% sure that you have the guy in a year that you have a quarterback and you have the number one pick, draft the quarterback. Draft the quarterback. It is literally that simple. Okay, let's go through the teams. That eight, one through 18. 18 teams are, are home, so we'll go through this quickly. Ah, big day today. Chicago, Houston, Arizona, Indianapolis. One, two, three, four. Then Seattle would be picking fifth. That's Denver's pick. Detroit will be picking sixth. That's LA's pick. Then Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina. Then Philly will be picking 10th. That's New Orleans' pick. Then Tennessee. And then Houston will be picking 12th. That's Cleveland's pick. And then the Jets, Pats, Packers, Washington Commies, Pittsburgh Steelers, and your Detroit Lions, the best team not in the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. So that's the NFL. That's the NFL tankathon situation. So today, things you're going to have to talk about. 
going to be Lovey Smith. It's going to be the playoffs. It's going to be the matchup. The Bills, DeMar Hamlin was tweeting during the game. You heard the kickoff return. It was, it was frankly unbelievable. I can't believe that stuff happened. Um, how much fun. National championship is tonight. Uh, we'll get out of here. There's Stetson Bennett, the 19th or whatever. Stetson Bennett, the 4th, actually. So the game kicks off, I think, at 4.30 San Francisco time. Is it in San Francisco? No, it's in L.A. 7.30 East, Eastern p.m. Uh, Standard Time. Eastern p.m. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See, i got to focus up here. It's Monday. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is great for us Eastern Standard Time people, and that's who, who matters most in this world. East Coast bias is real. Georgia's favored by 13.5. The over-under is 63.5. Um, in sports, I've been saying it for years and years, the boring thing happens. Okay. The boring thing is always the thing that happens. Uh, Georgia's going to win by 30, I think. It's always possible. TCU, first time, for first time, first year head coach, Sonny Dykes. They've been fun, dug in. They've got draft picks. They've got receivers on the outside. And if you were a real football nerd, you've got the number one or number two cornerback in the, uh, in the NFL draft rankings right now, and Keeley Ringo for Georgia, and the number one or number two wide receiver in the NFL draft rankings in Quinton Johnson. That'll be a fun matchup for everybody. Um, this Georgia team is not as good as last year's Georgia team, but sometimes shit's exactly what it looks like. That's just my take. I have no idea how it's going to go down. But here's Stetson Bennett in a pregame press conference saying that no one fucking believed in them. Georgia was like essentially the unanimous number one, and then they were number one, two, or three the entire way, and then they're undefeated. But yeah, no one believes in them. Let's listen to how nobody believes in the Georgia Bulldogs, by far the best football program in the country. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah this year uh you know there's a lot of a lot of a lot of people who doubted us a lot of people who um you know and i know people are gonna be like well no we didn't well yeah you did we doubt you because you're not very good but yeah i mean think of how good georgia would be if they had a really good quarterback um you know maybe not doubted us as as far as you know unranked doubted us but yeah what, nobody doubted you consensus um, Abol- and it seems as Abol- if nobody doubted you that storyline nobody doubted um, you and forgotten what because it's not real did he seriously say that it wasn't, there wasn't a consensus, um, and it seems as if people have forgotten that storyline. It's because it wasn't real. It wasn't a real storyline, Stetson, buddy. It wasn't real. You're making it up. Your coach is lying to you. You're a liar. You're lying. You're just being tools. <laughs> Patriots are really good at this, too. That's going to do it. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Back and better than ever tomorrow. What a weekend. What a weekend at football. Hockey and basketball are on the way. Got some interesting storylines there, too. Kentucky sucks. The Buffalo Sabres are good. Got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. See you then.